When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first player profile and projection episode of the new year, 2023, the second PPP sesh ever. I'm one of your co-hosts of Shea Station, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly, joining me at Clover Park Field. Park. Park. Clover Park. <laughs> we're here. That's why we're live. Is Jerry Blevins, former Met himself. Jerry, how are you doing, man? I'm great, man. This is nice. Fun environment. There's baseball going on behind us. Fans walking in and out. This is uh, this is what spring training is all about, and we get to do it here. We're on location. Yeah, last time we were in Arizona, which was really nice, but there were no Mets around for us to schmooze with. This year, we're in the trenches. We're in the swamp of Florida. We're right around everybody, and we're starting off the PPPs with a very special player, the most expensive player this year that we signed. Justin Verlander, maybe the new ace of the New York Mets. Maybe the new ace or co-ace. I think co-ace. that's the that's the theme. I think him and Scherzer are supposed to be what DeGrom and Scherzer were supposed to be last year. Right. Just a remix. Uh, but that was the biggest that was the biggest signing of the offseason, obviously. He was replacing whether he likes to admit it or not, or whether Mets fans think about it, he's replacing DeGrom. Right. And that's the one-two punch. This is the recipe that Billy Epler uh, wanted to succeed in the playoffs. It didn't work last year. They revamped it, and they're looking to do it this year. Absolutely. And, I mean, we had a long-standing bet from, I think, a month ago yeah, about who was getting the opening day nod. And recent information has swayed that bet probably in your favor because I think they're favoring Justin Verlander for that home start. Well, let's two things here. Number one, it was always in my favor Whatever. because I know what I'm talking about. And number two... Uh, it was always leaning that way because of a few things lining up because there's the home opener and the regular season opener are so close together. And Whatever. it's the same team. That's true. Yeah. But what was that information? Well, I feel like we should talk about the resume of Justin Verlander. Well, no, no, the information about opening day starters. So they said they're going to split them up. Right, right. Sorry. Yeah, so they came out, I think, in the last couple of days that they're going to separate. It's not going to be 1-2. It might be 1-3, one, 1-4. One, in the lineup, so they're not always going to pitch back-to-back. So Listen, as long as I see Kodai Senga at City Field when he pitches for the first time, I'm happy, <laughs> and we'll get to him in a little bit. But, as I was saying, the resume for Justin Verlander, coming off probably the best possible scenario he could have, winning the AL Cy Young in the 2022 season. A lot of people didn't know what to expect with Verlander, obviously coming off six innings pitched in the prior two years combined, went through Tommy John surgery, just turned 40 years old, I think, last week. So, you know, an old man, but an old man who clearly still has it, clearly still understands his body. Last year, 175 innings, 18 wins and 28 starts, a 1.75 ERA, a 0.83 whip, 185 strikeouts for a team that went on to beat the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series. Steamer likes him just as much this year. We'll get to those projections in a little bit. But in terms of a plan to replace 
the best pitcher in recent Mets, Mets history, it probably doesn't get much better than Justin Verlander coming to town. I, I can't get over how good his season was last year. You think about the odds against him, aging, coming off of Tommy John, you know, you think about the innings that he missed two years. What was it, 21 innings? Or what is that? Six innings in six 2020 innings. and 2021. Yeah, six innings in those two seasons because of the injury. And you think about the variables, that how, how he could have come out. You look at what Noah Syndergaard did. Right. Noah Syndergaard, who is, by firsthand account, an absolute animal in the weight room, conditioning. He takes everything about his body seriously. If you follow him on social media, He's always super involved with his body. That's what he thinks about his well-being. And he was significantly lower in velocity last year. Right. From 99 when he was at his peak to 94 last year. And again, there's, there's indication that his velo is spiking or coming back up from Dodgers camp. But it took him the whole year. He had to learn how to pitch differently. Justin Verlander didn't have that issue. He right. came out firing. And a guy that's a first ballot Hall of Famer, was possibly at his peak last year at one of the best at 39 years old it's spectacular to see and, it, and it's a big get for this this ball club in new york yeah and it's also filling the theme of old man mets which we absolutely love because everybody in that clubhouse is just getting near their 40s and they're ready to go win a world series which is really really nice and we talked about 175 innings for verlander it's actually more than that because of that world series run that the astros went on and Verlander kind of conquered a lot of demons last year, which I want to highlight as well, because kind of the World Series was always a, an ache for him. You know, there were a lot of bad memories there, I think, with a lot of the Tigers teams that he was on. But last year, he got his first World Series win, which was huge in a game against the Phillies. He threw an additional, what is it, 20 innings in the playoffs, totaling 195 on the year. And in the playoffs, you know, the stats aren't exactly pretty, but when it mattered most, he came through for those Astros that needed that game for a win. Yeah, he threw 20 extra innings. So his season was 195 innings, and a, a mark of an ace from, a, you know, ages past was that 200-inning mark. Right. And he approached that. You know, obviously it took an extra month of the season, but he missed some time because they were making sure that he was careful coming off Tommy John surgery. The anticipation might be this year that they completely take off the, the training wheels right. and let him cook, let him get 33 starts or whatever the case may be. I'll be interested to see how they handle that because he is 40. He did sign a multi-year deal. You know, he's got a, a contract where he signed a two-year with an option. Right. It's a vesting option, meaning that if he reaches a certain goal, which is 140 innings pitched next this coming season, then it becomes a player option. Right. So it's it's out there, and I think I fully think that him and Scherzer alike want to start every fifth day. Exactly, and you know, there's a lot of talk about load management. We have guys like Tyler McGill and David Peterson who are capable big league starters. That's going to be a whole different episode. But for Verlander, in terms of the contract, two years, $86 million. It's very, very similar to the vibe of Max Scherzer's deal, that short-term, very, very large annual value. And also, that's kind of something we didn't talk about. These two are back together again for the first time since their days in Detroit, which was supposed to be a duo that would lead that team to the World Series. Now they get a second shot at it, so there's that whole narrative surrounding this season. It's, it's very exciting. It's kind of, like you said at the top of the episode, the second iteration of what's supposed to be the two-headed monster at the top of the Mets rotation. But this one could arguably more, be more formidable, even though Verlander is going to be 40 years old this season. I think, I think the, the biggest difference between why they let DeGrom go, and he signed, I think, a five-year deal, right? Yeah, with five the years, 175. To get that two-year deal, two- to maybe three-year deal with Verlander, I think a lot of it is personality. And I think... The identity of this ball club 
is collaboration and hard work. And so you have guys like Scherzer, uh, Lindor, Pete Alonso, these guys that get together out of Vino, they talk baseball all the time. DeGrom was a kind of a, not a separatist. You're allowed to do that, by the way. You're allowed to be yourself in a ball club. You're around each other all the time, so be yourself. But I feel like Verlander is more collaborative, more of the type of work ethic that they want the young guys to see in this ball, in this club, in the camp. They're more accessible, so I think that's that played into the letting DeGrom go and signing Verlander. No, I think that's a really important point to bring up because we, we were made of, aware of a lot of, you know, I wouldn't call it isolation, but very introverted nature of DeGrom in terms of being around the club. And it's fair to bring up because you're together for seven months together, maybe more if you make the playoffs. Yeah. So you spend a lot of time around those guys. Everybody's allowed to be themselves, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the way Jacob DeGrom approaches the game. He's yeah. one of the greatest. He's, his, he's the greatest baseball player I've ever seen in person, hitter, pitcher. Watching him dominate is one of the most beautiful things. I like Jacob DeGrom as a person. Right. As a teammate, he's a little bit different. I liked him again as a teammate. you got to have that kind of attitude. But I think this Billy Epler-led front office wants a different style yes. of Mets baseball, a different brand. And I think they wanted to show that it starts – so the young guys see the way these future Hall of Famers attack it. But do you yeah. want to dive in? I think so. So we got our steamer projections, which we like to highlight every year during the PPPs. It's the projections we like the most to reference. And they like Justin Verlander. Not to the same level of that Cy Young season he had in 2022. But still, when I look at these numbers, these are numbers that I would absolutely take in terms of a number one or number two in my rotation. Uh, Steamer has him going 180 innings, 29 games started, a 12-9 record with a 3.36 ERA, 1.06 whip, and 203 strikeouts. One thing I wanted to ask you about, because you are a guy that started with the Oakland A's and then your first season away from the team was the Washington Nationals, if I remember correctly. Was there some sort of edge or advantage going from the American League to the National League and facing hitters that you had never faced before? There wasn't for me, because yeah. uh, my, my season was a little bit up and down, but I completely uh, I think that there is an advantage, because a lot of these guys haven't seen him. And it's, it's not as much of an advantage because of now the balanced schedule sure, where everybody sure. plays everybody, but there's definitely, you talk about, I, I spoke to Adovino yesterday at length about him being in his second year in the NL East, he's going to be facing these guys in big situations, and it's an advantage because they've already seen what he has. And it goes the other way. So Justin Verlander is going to be facing a lot of these guys for the first time, and it's always an advantage to the pitcher if the hitter hasn't seen you yet because he's going to track your ball, doesn't know how it comes out of your hand, the release point, the spin that you create, your deception. It's always an advantage for the pitcher. So I think he's going to jump out to a very aggressive start. It's really weird to think about because Verlander is a guy that's been around for two decades and there's still plenty of established hitters that have never seen him before, never faced him, and we'll be seeing him for the first time. And he's a guy that doesn't really show any signs of slowing down. Uh, we talked about the contract before with the two years and the vesting option. So in a perfect world, Justin Verlander could be a Met for three years. And I know, you know, we're kind of in the age where we're getting a little detached from counting stats and stuff like that. But... 300 wins is still a very, very cool thing that I think, you know, is a very esteemed club in baseball. And Verlander is kind of in the vicinity of it. He's at 244 wins. That puts him about 56 wins away. If he puts together three... Hey, you like that? That's pretty good. Quick. So 56 wins, three seasons. It's about three 20-win seasons. There is a possibility, because we saw Tom Glavin get his 300 win with the Mets. There is a possibility we see Justin Verlander get 300 wins with the Mets, which I think would be really, really special. 
It could I, be a cherry on top of this he era. He might be the last pitcher to yeah. get 300 wins. That might ever. be an old thing that's just gone <laughs> from the game. It would be cool if he was a Met when he did it. I hope he continues with how successful he's been. And these steamer projections, 180 innings, 29 games started, that is perfect for me. If he reaches those plateaus, right. if he reaches those levels, I think the, the Mets are in for a great season because that's what you need out of these guys. You need them to eat innings. That's what was missing last year because you had DeGrom be down for a yes. significant portion. You had Scherzer miss a couple of stints. I was going to say, Scherzer, we got 23 games started in 140 innings. And yeah. You would have liked more, even though you did get a decent I mean, 40 workload. innings is a significant portion, not yeah. to mention Tyler McGill missed time. Right. Like, all these things happen, and it's going to happen. Yeah. But if you can get 180 innings out of a guy that you're paying $43 million for, I think that is more the route that they're going to take to that high AAV. Yeah. Would you say that's the biggest like key to the a successful Verlander season, just him staying on the field and going every fifth day, or are there more like intricacies to it? I think it's the game started. Yeah. I, I think that's a it's a accounting stat that, you know, is kind of going out of fashion, but I still value taking the ball every fifth day. Whether it's whether they start to incorporate a sixth starter, because there's been a lot of rumblings from that. Scott Boris, uh, Scherzer's uh, uh, agent, had mentioned that that might be something that they do. Scherzer himself has said no way. <laughs> but again, these are these are choices. And again, with the way the game is today, the player can say no all he wants, but the team will be like, "This is how it is." Whereas before, you try to take the ball from Scherzer in the sixth inning, and Not he's going to fight you on the mound. Now he understands that there's reasons behind it, and he can see the reasoning. So if they tell him you're only going to pitch, you know, in a six-man rotation and you're going to have to deal with it. Right. He's a professional. So, but I do think that for him to reach the levels to get the value that they're wanting from him, I think 29 starts is is a baseline. I mean, I would take that. I would be so happy with 29 Verlander starts. And I mean, the, the Mets have put themselves in a really good position with the depth that they have on this roster now. I'm sure if there is a plan for a six-man, these guys were made aware of it probably even now at this point, but at the same time, we talk. It's impossible to do a Justin Verlander PPP without bringing up the Degrom aspect, without bringing up you know Scherzer as the former teammate. I am really hoping, and this is, comes from a fan perspective completely, that Scherzer and Verlander are guys that are not only going to help each other and collaborate, but also push each other and get really competitive in terms of how much they're achieving in comparison to one another. So I, I think they're, you're going to see that. I yeah. think that pushing each other. You talk about competition. One of the best things about spring training is if you are a guy on the on the edge of making the roster that that battle between you know your your teammates trying to establish that spot that brings out the best in you yeah. and i think there's a friendly competition there was there was talk about Verlander and Scherzer kind of not getting along all that great in Detroit it doesn't matter they're going to be competitive and they're both going to want to be the guy to get the ball game 1 of the world series if that's going to be or game 7 whatever the case may right. be I think it's going to push them to pick each other's brain, a friendly rivalry where they both elevate each other. I think they're at points in their lives where they, they're family men now, right. and they're, they're understanding. They see the value in, in being able to collaborate. They're going to push each other. Their personalities might not mesh all the time, but they're going to make each other better. 
I love the idea of that competition coming through, and I think they're going to make not only themselves better, but every pitcher and some hitters better around because they're going to talk about baseball so much. And the easiest cohesion for collaboration and chemistry is winning. And I feel like this ball club <laughs> is going to do a lot of winning. And you, you said it really well. These guys were much, much younger when they were teammates the first time. They were teammates for a much longer time than they will be this time around. And they have years and years of experience under their belt at this point. There's just so much to be excited about. And it's so, it's so interesting to me because this was one of the earliest signings that happened. It was the Edwin Diaz extension before free agency even got underway, which is awesome. And then DeGrom left and Verlander was really the first domino to fall. It was the instant answer that the Mets brought to the table. And then you had all these other flurries of signings happen since then that you almost kind of forget that this was real the real kickoff to the Mets offseason and it still might stand as the biggest move that they made at the end of the day. Well I think regardless of how this season ends up this is going to be the biggest move that they made. Um, Kodai Singa might you know we'll cover him later he might steal the show but this will be this will bringing in another aging uh, superstar who's had a great year but bringing in the old guys and if they if it works out or if it doesn't work out it's going to be a talking point because it's it's a strategy yeah. that they brought in and they're deploying and nobody else in the league is doing it at this level. So uh, they went at it. They doubled down literally on the second year of <laughs> signing an older star. And I hope it works out because Verlander has been great. He projects to be great by the statistics. And from watching him throw and play catch, he looks like the, or the, like the, the Justin Verlander that gave me nightmares in 12 and 13 in the playoffs when he knocked out my Oakland A's. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to bring I, it's it okay. It's, know, the, it's, that's, it's a sorry that, spot. That Scherzer-Verlander combination destroyed what I thought could have been a World Series champion. So they team. owe you one. They so they owe, owe me one on the positive side. Yeah, so I'm going to take that personal. Well, at the end of all of our player profile projection episodes, we like to do a little over-under. Brought to you by Max Manis for any RefGuest fans out there. He's the genius behind all the over-unders that we'll be going through. This one makes perfect sense in terms of why we chose it. It is innings pitched. It'll pop up again for later episodes as well. Max set this at a very interesting number. He has it as a, he has it as 170 innings pitched in 2022, 175 innings pitched for Verlander from 2020 to 2021, as we mentioned, six innings pitched. What's your feeling? Are you going over or under here? So uh, I'm going to take the over, and I think it's more out of trusting what Justin Verlander has done historically, and I think it's out of what they signed him up to do. The contract says you need to throw 180 plus innings to, to justify the impact you can have on this ball club. That's one of the reasons when we did our top 10 pitchers that Edwin Diaz was at number 10 for me is because the limited innings, you're only, you can only make so much impact. And as a starter, the biggest thing that you can do is pitch all those innings. And so I think Verlander at 170, I have to take the over because it, for the Mets to truly have the kind of successful season that they've been uh, brought in to do, a big key of that is the number of innings Justin Verlander pitches. I'll play contrarian. I'll take the under, which might be shocking to people who watched your PVPs last year because I think we agreed on like half of them or maybe more. I'm going to take the under for a couple reasons. It's not because I don't think Verlander can handle the workload because I think he obviously can. He proved that last season. I think it's a combination of things. One, I think we will see the six-man rotation come into play in terms of load managing Scherzer and Verlander for a potential playoff run. And we probably saw, Senga, too. And probably Senga, too, who's not used to that. Who's coming in from Japan load. doing once a week kind of. Right. Yeah. Once a week, more pitches, but yes, only once a week. So it will be definitely an adjustment for him. In terms of Verlander, I think the Mets are going to want to protect this. This is an investment in a 40-year-old, which is always risky, you know, in terms of any sport that you play. 
But at the end of the day, if Verlander's going out there and making 25 starts, I still think you take that to the bank. And I do think that's well within the realm of possibility. But I think they might learn from maybe a mistake that they made with Scherzer last season, not protecting him enough, even though Scherzer was really good about, you know, taking himself out of the game in terms of injuries and stuff like that. But we saw it at the end of the season with Scherzer. He might have not been the same guy with the same electric stuff that he had at the beginning of the season. I don't think they want that scenario with Verlander. I think he might come right under 170 innings, but I will take the under. So, do you want to do a secondary over-under here? Because what do you got? game started, mm. and you put that number at 25, yeah. that, that's what you think. I'm going to say the over-under of starts at, how was 25 and a half games started? So, if you take the the over let's so your your magic number is 25 starts let's move it up i'll say 26 and a half starts so if you go under it's 26 25 starts if he makes 26 starts and he averages what like six innings each one that puts him at 156 quick math that's i'm not nope i'm not going to touch that one check it i think yeah please Um, do i think i would take the over on game started i would take the under on innings pitched because i do think Five and out in April is a very realistic thing for some of our older guys. Okay. So maybe that sets them so back then, on innings pitch. So then but. let's erase the, the game started. Let's go innings pitch. You set the over-under where you think you will take the under. I think under I would take 170, but I do think you see him go 150, 160 this year. So 165 innings? I'd say that's pretty realistic. I'd be there. You would take the under? I would take the over there. Okay, you st- okay. I think right, he's well, right we, we'll stay on an innings pitch. Then. I think we'll just so. keep it at one. I think over under there is like pretty it. good. Because I think game started is more important as well yeah. uh, on numbers. So okay, you're gonna keep him at six innings and they're gonna they're gonna Do you think they're gonna yank him when he's still I think he gets a complete game. At least one, right? That's an interesting he's gotta get one, right? Did Verlander get no he didn't get a complete game last year. Yeah. But he's just another year removed from Tommy John. Who knows? Alright, but I like where we are. I like, I like the I like the one seventy over under on innings pitched. I like the over, you like the under. I'm happy with with where I'm at, and you seem to be happy at 170, feeling like you have a little bit of leeway with that. And I think we're going to agree on like half of the ones we do anyway, so why don't we start on a differing note? I like it, I like it. But I think that's all we got on Justin Verlander, unless I'm you want to say anything else. Nope, I think we're good. That was our first PPP. Guys, if you enjoyed it, make sure you leave a like if you're on YouTube. Subscribe to the Shea Station channel. Leave us a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. And let Podcasts. us know what you think about the over-under. Con- like, uh, comment underneath on, on 170 innings pitched. Will Verlander be over or under? I like that. Do you agree ball. with Jolly or Jerry? What the hell, man? <laughs> well, that's o- under over. And guys, if you're fiending for another episode, there will be one out tomorrow because they're coming out every day until opening day. But until then, we'll see you later. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.